The following content is brought to you by Mind Initiative Incorporated. The opinions expressed in the following conversation are of the hosts and do not in any way represent the opinions of Mind Initiative as a whole. Some themes in this series may be distressing or triggering for some listeners and so viewer discretion is advised. If any of the content does trigger uncomfortable feelings or cause distress, we encourage you to reach out to us via our Facebook page or seek further support from beyondblue.org or contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 for 24-7 over-the-phone support. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we all stand and we extend our respect to the elders, both past and present. Hey everyone, my name is William Fletcher. Hi, I'm Jason. I'm Claire. And this is the Mind to Mind podcast where we talk about a wide range of um, topics about mental health and psychology and overall just how to stay on top of your mental health. So today we are talking about depression. Ooh, what specifically about depression are we talking about? how to manage depression if you have it and overall just understanding more about the condition because um there has been a lot of stuff that has been said about this condition probably more so now than has ever been talked about before i was watching um a few videos today about depression and most of them say that there's a difference between feeling sad and depression they say that if you're sad about something, there's usually like a reason why you're feeling sad about something, like whether it's like a circumstance, a consequence of something happening to you, like maybe you got fired or you have a breakup or or like you you like lost something that you were interested in. But like um, d- depression is kind of like the, the gist around depression is that you're feeling sad, but you cannot explain why you're feeling this. And also depression is supposed to be a longer term form of sadness, something that lasts more than a couple of weeks and doesn't seem to uh, seem to lift. That's really interesting. How do you manage something yeah. that you, you don't know really what's causing it? You just feel sad all the time. Yeah. And, um, I think there have been several parts of my life where I probably could say that I felt depressed. I do, um, but usually it it was because of something. I uh, remember when I was like eight years old and my parents were going to move me to another school. And at first I thought I was okay with that, but with the coming weeks coming up and kind of me having to leave behind this this familiar school where I knew everybody to this new school that felt weird and unfamiliar I do remember feeling quite sad and and then quickly getting quite upset and saying I, I didn't I don't want to leave this school I don't want to be thrown into this other school and have to learn everything all over again I also felt quite depressed when my grandfather passed in 2006 I was very distraught about that for about over half a year. And it didn't, it wasn't really until almost a year later after that, where I felt like my mood um, felt like it was back to normal and I was ready to, to move on and come to terms with that. But in, in my, um, 
in my teenage years, I was actually on antidepressants. So I actually wasn't really feeling depressed during this time. If anything, the drugs kind of um, numbed me in a way to, to like sad feelings and, and often I would feel more empty and a bit numb than sad, but more recently um, those feelings have came back, but I have, I, I don't really have much to be depressed about. I don't really have, I'm not really feeling sad. Um, haven't felt truly sad for a long time. So I guess when people say that they have, 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 have depression, it can be very hard for them to, to explain why. So I think that's um, the biggest uh, thing that confuses people who meet somebody who have, have the condition just why they have it and why they can't snap out of it, basically. I reckon, Claire, this is, this is probably your time to chime in. Everything that Will said there was, was pretty full on. I reckon it's something that you've got more expertise than me to talk to. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say expertise, but it, it's interesting how you keep referring Will to to not having anything to be depressed about, um, because depression is such a it's such a deep topic, just like last week's topic with anxiety, um, because we know that it's biological, but we don't know exactly the reason, and it's such a complex topic where some people have clear reasons why they're depressed, circumstance circumstantial reasons whether it's losing a loved one or you know having trouble fitting in or losing a business or a home or whatever it is to to some people just being genetically predisposed to depression um and comorbidities having other things whether it's you know ADHD autism uh, personality disorders like BPD bipolar that are that are also causing this depression. Um, and whether it's also physical reasons why someone has depression. You know, a lot of depression, it could be issues with metabolism, it could be vitamin deficiencies. Um, and I think there's a need in society to, to push looking at the physical aspect of somebody getting physical testing of that person um, before just saying like, oh, go see a psychologist, get on some antidepressants because um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of depression is caused for, by physical reasons. Um, and people can say, oh, well, my life's fine. You know, I've got a good job, I've got a good family. But then there's, you know, vitamin deficiencies. There's other conditions like, metabolism conditions, gut health issues, um, you know, lack of exercise and stuff like that, that are actually contributing to depression. Not saying that's that's the only reason, there's a lot of reasons, but I think we need to look, we need to start like from ground zero when it comes to depression and take a, a big, like take a look at the big picture of the person rather than just saying, oh, what's on your mind? What's concerning you? Um, because some people are genuinely confused. They're like, I haven't felt like this before. I haven't felt like this in a long time. I'm not sure what's wrong with me. Um, but yeah, it's having, and it's, it's people accessing services to, to getting those, those tests. I feel really important. Yeah. 
I do really think that the best treatment for depression is, is just talk therapy, is talking to someone about how you feel. Because when you get somebody who listens to you and like understands, that can really lift like a lot of uh, emotional baggage. And you, you feel, you do feel better after talking about it. And of course, it can like release endorphins and stuff like that and that improve your overall brain chemistry. I um I'm I'm not entirely sure that whether antidepressants are automatically the way to go towards um depression because I do believe that a a depressive episode is caused by something external in your life. I don't believe it. it I mean, like it it might sometimes just be because of a chemical imbalance, but like. I do believe that that chemical imbalance is act, is triggered by a situation or, or, or an event. It, it kind of confuses me how something like that could happen in your brain without it, it being related to like something happening in, in your personal life. Because every time I've I, I found myself in something I would call feeling depression or a depressive period or depressive episode, there's always been a trigger or something that's happened. That have that has caused me to get into that state. So if I yeah. say to you that before you said that you were feeling like you might be down that path again before, but you weren't sure if you were or you weren't sure why, what do you think what do you think's happening there for you? Well, um I'm just I'm being being um, I'm being hypothetical. I'm not actually depressed right now at this moment, yeah. but I'm just saying. Um, I mean, as I said, the most depressed I've I've been in my life was, of course, is when my grandfather passed away. But I also remember also feeling kind of like a having like a depressive episode when I was like starting like middle school and like the, uh, the stress of, of changing from primary school to middle school. I also remember my, um, my dad being away on like a work trip for like over a month and me feeling a bit um, depressed that he wasn't there, but though he, um, he, he needed to be like somewhere else, but like, I just believe that like certain situations like that can like throw off your your like your like serotonin levels and like your, your dopamine levels and when i'm pretty sure um there is like a third chemical that i keep on forgetting but like if those three chemicals are like not in like in like sync or in like harmony and they're thrown out of whack that's when your emotions can like go weird and you can okay. be put into a yeah but you're saying that you're pretty good now yeah, yeah. Cool. What's your thoughts on that, Claire? I, I somewhat agree, but I also somewhat disagree. Okay. I think, you know, I'm the same as you, Will. So I've only ever felt depressed when, oh, actually, there's been times when I felt depressed when I can't really think why, but it's usually probably hormonal because I'm a woman and... I have hormonal issues as well. So that probably is why. Um, but usually when I've been depressed, like quite depressed, mm -hmm. um, which hasn't happened since I was a lot younger, but 
there's been a reason. But having grown up with my mum, who suffers from quite severe depression, she was always depressed and it would just come at, at any time. Like everything could be fine. Nothing could be going wrong. Everything financially could be fine and she could just be severely depressed. And she's she's had that since she was young, um, like ongoing like depression. And I, I honestly think it is it is genetics and I think it is her brain. I really don't think it's so much of of situations setting off that depression. Um, so yeah, it's it, if I guess if I if I didn't if I didn't live with someone that experienced that for almost twenty three years, I probably would feel the same way because for me, depressions only really come from situations that have triggered a depressive episode. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting, and the, and no one really no one really has a clear answer yet because they it's not exactly a chemical imbalance in the brain. They're not a hundred percent sure what, what it really is. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different information floating around. So. Well, funnily enough for me, even though I'm pretty all right now, but like I had a, pr- a pretty bad mental health episode at the start of 2019 and also had a bad one at the start of 2012. And both of these episodes happened somewhere between March, April, and May. So the time that these two episodes striked for me was the same time of the year. So I'm not sure if it was seasonal or if it was just a coincidence. Great memory, some... by the way. <laughs> Great yeah, memory, yeah. amazing memory for days. Well, it's, it's it's not something that I want to remember because it was pretty traumatic when I went through that. Yeah. But for some reason, usually at that time of year, I get a bit more anxiety for some reason. I don't mm-hmm. know why. It's it's like it's like just like after the year just starts going and maybe a bit of anxiety what's going to happen. But like, it, it's weird. So it, it might be a seasonal thing for me. But since 2019, those months have come and gone and nothing really bad has happened. So That's interesting, okay. fascinating. What about, what about you, Jason? What, what's your thoughts? What's your experience on, on depression, if you wanted to share? Um, way too much experience with depression. So um, I guess what I'm hearing is... If someone comes to you and says that they're not feeling okay or they're feeling sad or whatever else, it's first thing is most important is to park your bias at the door. Don't just automatically go, hey, this person needs to go on a diet or this person needs to get antidepressants or this person needs to get out of the house. Um, you really need to actually sit down with that person because human beings are... are really bad at knowing what's good for them. Um, You know, for me, exercise is a really good example of that. Exercise will give you very good um, brain chemicals and give you endorphins and stuff like that. 
but you actually have to get out of bed and want to do exercise. So when someone's not feeling well, um, the want to get out of bed is going to be the oval, overwhelming thought of, hey, I don't want to exercise or I don't feel like doing this right now or it's not going to spark me joy. Um, so it's really important to, to hear that person out and hear about what's actually driving them to have that behaviour. Um, and you might not actually even have to say anything. That person just talking it out in a calm manner might give them all the answers that they need um, because they're the expert in their own depression. They know what they're feeling. Um, they just may not be the best person to, to know what to do next until they've had someone to talk it out and figure it out with. I mean, we, we all, when we get in our own head, and depression's pretty much one of those those same ones, of when we're looping around in our own head and this is all what we're feeling and I don't have energy and all of that kind of stuff, it's self-prophesizing. So um, when you're telling yourself you don't have energy and when you're telling yourself you're sad and this is how I'm feeling and everything else, it's not exactly self-motivating to also take the steps to get out of that as well. Um, I know someone that uh, just yesterday, they've gone to uh, start a new gym program and the gym said, okay, I want you to cut out all sugar and all carbs and everything else. And they've been trying to do that for the last four days and they have absolutely no energy and they're just, they're just like, hey, man, I'm, I'm just starting to feel depressed. That was the words that they're using and I'm just like, okay, um, you know, you, it sounds like you're really lacking motivation. Like the gym said to you, is not exactly enticing to you and everything at the moment. You're doing all this hard work for to prevent what other hard choice it is. And the other hard choice is they, they decided to go to the gym because they wanted to look better. They wanted to have more energy. Um, they wanted to have a healthier lifestyle. So the short-term pain is what they need to get through to have that goal. But in in right now, while they're going through that short-term pain, it, it's hell for them. And that's kind of, we have to recognise what a person's saying when they're saying that they're feeling depressed and what they're, what they're not achieving if, that's, if that is what is driving it. That's what I'll say to that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think active active listening is a big one. When someone's depressed, they just want their feelings to feel validated. They don't want to feel like they're crazy. Like sometimes they think like their feelings aren't valid. So sitting with someone and saying, wow, that must be really hard or that sounds really horrible compared to you should do this, you should do that, you know, this tomorrow, that tomorrow, we're going to do this. That's just someone having a severe depressive episode that's just, completely overwhelming and like you said with exercise like obviously exercise is one of the biggest um treatments for depression um but it's not an overnight treatment and a lot of the time it should be something as let's go for a five minute walk today where compared to let's get you on a gym program or it's the same with like you said with the gym like having someone go into the gym, especially if they've never been someone who's exercised much and saying, we're going to do all these crazy things. That's completely off-putting for a newcomer, like, like baby steps. It's the same thing with depression. It's, 
there's so many little things from vitamins you can take to exercise you can do to therapy and there's so many different things you can be doing to monitor your depression but at the beginning it's just about having that human connection and and like going to your friends and just having someone sit there with you and listen to you and I think the problem is and we're all guilty I know I'm very guilty of this is we tend to talk we tend to just keep talking and trying to fix 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 but that doesn't actually help the person that just makes the person feel even more overwhelmed so yeah they can just agree with you to um to get you off their back and that's not what you want because then that person's not really accepting of you in the future to take your problems to them they know that you're just going to Tell them what you think and not actually listen. And that's not what you want. Um, you don't want that person just walking away if they've just brought their heart and, heart and soul into you and, and going, hey, um, I can't really talk to you anymore because you're not actually listening. You're just telling me some sort of thing that you think will work. I actually need you to listen to me and, and feel what I'm feeling. Um, one of the things that you said before, Claire, which I thought was really interesting, was that I'm a woman thing and I have emotions. And um, when I was growing up, when I was little, I didn't really understand why my dad would spend months and months in bed. And now that I'm older, I know that he was going through a depressive episode. And I want to highlight kind of you called out a stigma there in women, but in men, I think I the I opposite. Hormonal, I actually said I had hormonal issues. Yeah. Not emotions. <laughs> I have no, I have a I have a hormonal condition called endometriosis. So yeah. I have a hormonal imbalance in my body. Um and it causes severe pain. So that that's something that I that I deal with. Um yeah. I'm not gonna say women are just emotional, but sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. I, I didn't mean to um de diffuse the issue that is male mental health. Anyways, please continue. Please continue. <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah, I was just going to say that sometimes when coming out of that that kind of depression for men, um, it can be anger um, and that can be the swing. So uh, mm -hmm. I know that we don't, as a society, we don't really talk about how anger and mental health in men uh, is really correlated. Um, but for women, when they're depressed and... Um, they can feel really low. The swing for the opposite side for a man is they can just get really angry and um, that can be really hard to diffuse as well. I just might yeah. um, just add in here. Um, it's coming again to trying to fix depression because like I do remember before I was put on like Zoloft that I was in in a, in a pretty bad state of feeling like, low mood and i was thinking to myself yeah these these are these are bad emotions and i don't really want to be feeling these but once i was put on the antidepressants i remember not really feeling that much of anything at all and i was kind of thinking to myself like even though i was depressed before I'm, i was kind of thinking to myself is that were me feeling that way before was that it was that better than me feeling nothing because now there's just nothing i love yeah. this so this is such a this is yeah. so interesting i'm not over talking i just love that yeah. you say this fascinating yeah 
I've heard that so many times. And even as an as a spectator to someone actually saying that, you you do actually wonder, um, you know, if depression is a sign of your body saying that something's wrong, um, then numbing out that feeling, how does it actually help you achieve to change whatever it is that's wrong? Um, but at the same time, as you said, they're deep, dark feelings, and some of them do actually drive people to do the wrong things, hurt themselves, hurt others. Um, so that medication, for all intents and purposes, needs to be there as well. I guess so. I guess all I'm thinking is that even though those emotions are bad, they're still human emotions. And when I was feeling like nothing, it's almost like, am I a human being anymore? But I know I am, but like... But they're not bad. I was just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. We we live in this... Western society has this false positivity all the time, which it's ingrained into our society where we're, we're, we're told we need to smile and always say please and thanks a hundred thousand times and, and always seem happy and always say, I'm great. Thank you. Whereas in a lot of other ethnic cultures that isn't so pushed, you don't have to be happy all the time. And I think we just live in this mindset where we see depression or sad, sadness, obviously isn't depression. Just going to say that now, but we see them as bad emotions, but really they're just emotions. And I think when you learn to sit with them and you say, okay, I'm feeling depressed today and you don't put that pressure on yourself. I need to fix myself. I need to do this. I need to do that. You just sit with the emotion. You start to, you put like, you're just like, okay, today I feel happy. Today I feel sad. Today I feel anxious. They just are emotions and they're all part of the human experience we're not put on this earth to have this happy, blissful life. Anyone that thinks that is going to be severely disappointed. We're actually on this planet um, to have a range of different experiences and emotions. Um, not saying you should just live in a, a constant depressive state, but this pressure by society to always be happy and to always fix yourself and, and to... These beliefs, happiness and bliss can be found in this life, but you kind of have to look hard to get that and it, and it's not permanent. I mean, like you, you will feel moments of, of happiness, but like you got to just got to kind of have to learn to deal with all, all the other stuff as well that comes along with life. Yeah. It's momentary. Like you have months that are amazing and positive and happy and then something bad will happen and you'll, you'll have to deal with that. And and what you said about being numb, I was on a medication, not any depressants that made me feel really numb. And I felt that too. I was like, would I rather just be, would I rather just be sad right now? Because I don't feel anything about anything right now. And I just felt the same way. Like I, I it made me understand that sometimes sadness isn't the worst thing. You no. know? Yeah. Um, so that's yeah i'll just add like one more thing has anyone here seen the movie inside out no What's it about? it's yeah. basically a family film about a girl who becomes depressed and it shows what's happening to the emotions inside their mind it's your story will she um her dad gets a job across the country and she has to swap school and 
lose all her hockey friends and everything else. She gets yeah. a new house, a new room. Yeah. Uh, all the all the feelings going on inside. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll, I was as extreme as what happened to the girl in the movie, but, like, I did relate to certain parts of it. I mean, more when I was younger than the time I actually watched the movie. But, um, I, I mean, like, I, I will probably have to spoil um something but like the way it ends it really um shows you how happiness and sadness can coexist peacefully in someone's life Mm -hmm. i kind of liked how that the way that that film ended in that way yeah so yeah that that's something that i can actually really talk to like i know the film is based on a teenage girl and life changes and everything else but the core aspect of the happiness character always trying to suppress sadness, which is the other character, is something Mm -hmm. that's really big in Western society, especially in young boys. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if a young boy is sad, we'll say toughen up, harden up, all that kind of stuff. We won't let um, a young boy really sit with that sadness emotion because we kind of feel like it's a weakness. But at the same time, um, that suppression of that sadness, it has to go somewhere. So uh, another way that it can usually come out is through violence and anger and stuff like that. And you can see a little boy when um, he's, he's sat down um, and he's upset and everything else, and suddenly he can just start lashing out with his arms and everything else because someone hasn't given him a cuddle. Um, yeah. it's It's a big thing. As a Western society, uh, we are pretty good at suppressing any other emotion than happiness. That's that's what our when we go to work, that's what people want to see us. We want to they want to see us. Hey, how you going today? You're good, blah blah blah. You know, um, no one's actually well. Probably a lot more late lately. More workplaces are starting to get to the point of someone comes to work and they don't seem happy that they will actually take recognition of that and try to do something with it. Um, even if they just sit with the employee and go, okay, what's up? All right, you know, I can see you're not feeling it today. How can we help you just so that way you can get through today? Uh, rather than the suck it up princess kind of stuff and get back to work stuff of yesteryear. Yeah. But yeah, um, just um, just back to the movie. I think um, the thing I took away most from it is that positive and negative emotions all have their place, and they can exist in like a healthy, harmonious um, relationship with, with with all your emotions. But they have to be working together. But they can't, you can't like shove one out. The kind of just have they have a reason to exist, but that that to be balanced. Sorry, and you know what? Yeah. 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 Sorry, Jason. No, you keep going, Claire. I'll come back to I was just saying, no, I was just going to say that I feel with what you said about workplaces, I feel that's why so many people are happy to have the new flexible arrangements with like partial work from home, partial work in the office, because they get to have days off from having this like almost fake persona that, Countries like Australia push this false positivity, this constant, I'm great, mate. How like how are you going? Everything's great, you know. They people are gonna sit at home and do their work and not have to sit there with this like fraudulent smile and this fake positivity. 
um, obviously not obviously the community aspect of going into work and having colleagues is really important but yeah it's it's a big one I remember what it was like working in an office and yeah there was just a lot of it there was just a lot of that and I definitely had a personality that I had to put on to go to work let's just say that yeah to be to be accepted by society's norms I've heard um, there, there is actually a term for this it's called masking, like hiding all of your, all the stuff that you don't want and yeah. put it in like the background and put a fake mask on to show people when it's not actually the true, the true you that's going on there. 100%. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a great term and people just, I don't know, we, we don't talk about it enough. Um, yeah well i sat through something today where apparently legislation has come in where psychosocial well-being is now being part of workplace health and safety so workplaces now have to actually look into how people are feeling and and bring that into their workplace health and safety uh which is something totally different and interesting to me i was at work uh, a week ago, and I was talking about how uh, back in 2019, I was feeling really burnt out and how I felt at that particular time and that I needed to quit work and take time off to look after myself. And um, the person I was talking to was just like, yep, yep, that's awesome. You know, we understand, take your time, everything else. And then in the middle of it, oh, you just reminded me. And that person took an anxiety pill right in front of me in the middle of the workplace. And I was kind of like, I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before done in such an open way. I don't know if I'm reacting in the correct way as well at this point in time, but I'm kind of shocked. But good for you for looking after yourself in 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 the workplace and taking care of your mental health and everything else. And I was just like, wow. Like three years ago, 2019, when I, I was feeling as bad as what I was, there was nothing like that, and it took a COVID end epidemic um, to change the way how workplaces are. Uh, so people will now just front and centre your, your mental health out there. Well, yeah. I've been taking um, medication long before COVID started, but I um, I have seen people take them more often than I've ever seen before. So there's that. And you don't know whether that's because um, it's been talked about so much and the stigma has been reduced or uh, if people are actually feeling more drained and, and need more medication at this point in time. Like, uh, I have no stats there. I'm hoping it's the, it's the before that people are feeling less stigmatised and putting it out there rather than more people are feeling more mental health fatigued, uh, especially with all the work that's going on out there, especially like us doing podcasts and talking about it as well. Um, I would like to think that we're being more accepting these days. I, I think we are. I think we are. The, the, stat, the stats don't look too good though. That's that's the thing, like reading reading all the statistics on Beyond Blue, it's it's insane. Like yeah. I've I've got some of them here before we before we end, if you want me to go through those. 
Yeah, please do. So, yeah, sure. Um, 2.2 um, million people in Australia have depression. Um, 9% of Australians have either depression or anxiety, um, which one in 16 Aussies have depression. Um, Indigenous people are twice as likely to commit suicide um, compared to the general population. Um, and... Yes, and the, the rate of, of depression is higher in women than in men. Um, so 12.2% uh, of Aussie men will have depression at some point in their life compared to 17.8%, but unfortunately the rate for suicide in men is much higher than in women. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that men are not seeking services at the same rate as women. Um, the Indigenous community have much higher overall rates um, of anxiety, depression, uh, and suicide, unfortunately, um, as well as the migrant population. Um, and a lot of that has to do with not seeking services and also racism as well, um, and as well as language barriers. So there's definitely a lot that needs to be done. Um, in Australia in terms of depression um, and young people, especially young women um, between 17 to 24 are the largest um, group with depression in Australia. Far out. Just, just, I might add just one last thing before we end um, and about, about medication. I always think that medication should be a choice that's, that's up to you. Don't, you shouldn't let, like a doctor can convince you to keep on taking it if you don't like taking it. But at the same time, you have to, you have to come off it slowly and safely. If you don't want to use it anymore, you can't just stop it immediately because that can be very dangerous. But um, I, I don't believe that, that, that medication and SSRIs are the only way out of depression. I do believe talk therapy is more helpful, but, if you do take um, medication like I do and you see it as helpful, I don't see any reason to, to stop taking them, but I, I do believe that you should like test them out first for a month or two, and if you don't like it, then tell your doctor to maybe just wean, them off, wean you off them. And yeah. yeah, yeah. This comes down to like, this is what I mean about the holistic approach is antidepressants can be an amazing short-term solution, but there can be things under the surface that doctors and psychologists and even psychiatrists aren't looking into. Yeah. A person could have a physical disorder. They could have a hormonal disorder. Um, they could have, you know, things like IBS. They could have comorbidities. There's other reasons. There's a lot of these are very, very common triggers for depression. And a lot of health practitioners are just simply not looking into them. They're going, oh, fine, cool, your antidepressants are working. That's great. Um, but they're not, if that person is at the point where they're actively seeking help, they're probably more likely to take on the advice of those people compared to someone who's in a depressive state at home and hasn't seen the doctor and, and hasn't, you know reached out to a friend or done anything. If someone is actively seeking help, they're more likely to take on um, to take on further advice. And I think that's a big thing that needs to happen is not just, like you said, not just 
saying, oh, take, take the antidepressants, but, you know, talk therapy, going and seeing a psychologist, seeking help, but also like looking at the physical picture and encouraging things like exercise, looking at the person's diet, looking at all their levels. I sound like a broken record saying this. I just feel really passionate about this. I think, I think it's not looked at enough on, and also addictions, uh, things like alcoholism causing depression and yeah. um, other <clears throat> behaviours. I am. Um, the one thing that I think people don't realise is that medication such as antidepressants can also be used in a, as a weapon. Like if you're in a relationship and you have power over someone, you can push them to go to the doctor and tell them, you know, what these are your symptoms and whatever else. And then the doctor can end up putting them on antidepressants and yeah, they feel dumb to their feelings and everything else, but they're also in a relationship that is really coercive and um, not really beneficial for them at all. But because it's not a holistic approach, we're not actually looking at what's really going on with this person. So medication, it can be used as a weapon. Okay. Well, um, I can't really think of much else to say. Now, yeah. so um, yeah. Maybe we'll talk about this again another time. Just like anxiety, it's such a deep, yeah, a deep topic, right? Yeah, definitely. If you're struggling with depression at the moment, Will, what do you reckon they do? Call offline thirteen eleven fourteen, or jump on sane forums. Always someone to talk to and help you with your whatever is ailing you. So yeah, awesome. Thanks for that. Till next week. Yep, see you then.